Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Chapter 28. If you're reading this, it's too late. Book 2 of the Secret Series by Pseudonymous Bosch. And we have Trinity here still. And we're doing Chapter 28. Mm-mm. Peyton, are you asleep? No. She's she's like fall. She's dozing. Oh, she's just like resting her eyes. Yeah. Okay, ready? Did you see that? There's no pictures. There's just the one in the beginning. And Owen in the middle. Mm, that's all Owen. He, that's all of his disguises. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you see that coming? Did you have your hands up? Oh, 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 oh. Dying to say who it was? Or were you surprised when he pulled off his beard? Don't be ashamed. I was almost surprised myself. And I knew Mr. Needleman was really the Tercis Society spy all along. As for Cass and Max Ernest, they nearly fell off of the boat. They were so shocked. In the past, they'd known Owen was a shy stutterer, a cocky surfer, and a mischievous Irishman. But their science teacher? Cass's tormentor? They would have barraged the for they would have ah crumbum barraged the formal needleman mr needleman with questions but his speedboat made so much noise that they couldn't hear a thing he drove so fast that water the fan of the water behind them rose a hundred feet in the air well ten feet anyways since max Ernest was there i'm afraid to exaggerate Thanks to Owen's nautical skills, or perhaps just his recklessness, the midnight sun never caught up with them. Um, But the Coast Guard did, and it was nearly frightening. Less than an hour after escaping from the midnight sun, and still miles from shore, they found themselves blinded by searchlight. I wonder if it came from a light tower or just a regular flashlight. No, they said it was... um, Uh... They said it was the Coast Guard. Hey there, stop. You there, stop. Owen quickly threw a tarp over Cass and Max Ernest before slowing down the speedboat. They waited, huddled together like a couple of sardines from today's catch. Are we in in poo-poo puddle? Ernest, Max Ernest shivered to Cass. Doesn't matter when your clothes are already wet. But what about, what about hypothermia? Cass touched her arm in the darkness. Shh. She thought a minute. Can you touch your thumb to your finger? They both could. Cass gave Ernest a thumb, Max Ernest a thumbs up. Safe. Momentarily. Coast Guard officer explained that a booming loudspeaker that a couple of students named Cass and Max Ernest had gone missing. Their school was afraid that they may have stolen a boat from the harbor and gotten lost at sea. When I get my hands on those two punks, I'm going to wring their little necks. I haven't got a wink of sleep all night thanks to them. I don't know anybody's. By the name of Lass or Max Ernest, when Max shouted back. But they're still out, hey ya? They're wicked lucky to be alive. Well, if you see anything, call us on the radio. After the Coast Guard had disappeared, Owen pulled the tarp off of his youngest stowaways. The midnight sun will eat those guys for dinner, he said, grinning. What kind of accent is that? Cass asked, making... uh, 
remarking on the sudden change in Owen. Boston, can't you tell? I'm a lobster fisherman. Cass laughed through the chattering teeth. It was dawn by the time they reached land. Owen swore up and down that he'd never ten never intended for Casamax Ornus to board the midnight sun ship, only for them to lure the ship to the dock so he could put a tracer on the hull. But just in case the field trip was unexpected or prolonged, he had stashed his car nearby. Cass and Max Ernest groaned when they saw the old VW bug. Hey, it's his VW bug. Another wild ride lay ahead. As they climbed in, Cass pulled the bungee cord belt as she as she wearing off the cargo pants. She strapped herself to the side of the door and then to Max Ernest. Just a precaution. The percentage of traumatic brain injuries related to car accidents is staggering. Max Ernest grinned. The survivalist was back in action. Hold on, Lass and Mac. The car exploded into drive. Lass and Mac both came close to regurgitating their dinner they never had. So are you taking me to Pietro now? Cass shouted over the, the roar of the engine. Aren't we supposed to be going to a meeting? Owen looked over his shoulder. First rule of Tercis society. No meetings. Too boring. Really? said Max Ernest. Owen laughed. No, the reason we don't like too many we don't like too many members on one place at one time. Less chance that we'll all be killed. Grilled? Killed. Oh, right, Max Ernest gulped. Owen slowed the car down. Just enough so they could hear. You'll meet Pietro soon enough. For now just keep an eye on each other. If you think you see the midnight sun lurking around, report back to us right away. But what about our next mission? Cass asked. What about the Oath of Tursus? Later. Cass felt as if she'd been demoted, like a police detective taken off the street and given a desk job. Worse, Owen said he wouldn't be going back to school with them. Now that the midnight sun had seen him, he would need a new disguise, and Mr. Needleman was no more. Probably some awful teachers going, going to replace you, Cass complained when they were nearby home somebody who's really me and not just acting that way sorry i got another job now after he checked in with the tercis colleagues owen <sighs> owen told them he was going going right back to sea in search of the midnight sun they stole something and i have to get it back that's why we put a tracer on their a tr tracer on their boat what did they take asked max Ernest. the sound of prison prism one of the Tercis Society's treasure. It's a ball, about yay big. He held up his hands. Cass and Max Ernest looks at each other apprehensively. He had to be talking about the ball in Cass's backpack. Max Ernest poked Cass on the side. Wasn't that, wasn't, wasn't this their cue? Cass shook her head imperceptibly. Max Ernest opened his mouth, but Cass pleaded with her eyes. They had one of those silent arguments that make you look like a monkey mimicking people at the zoo until Max Ernest shrugged and relented. He wouldn't say anything, but Cass could tell he wasn't happy about it. She made a mental note to thank him later in a highly functional survivalist team. There had to be a leader. You didn't have to agree with her all the time, but you couldn't get to the top of Mount Everest if someone wasn't the lead of the rope. Owen insisted on circling their neighborhood, then dropping them off a few blocks away from home, just in case anyone was stalking on the territory. No time for tearful goodbyes. If there's an emergency, you can reach us at the Magic Museum.
Where's that? asked Cass. You don't need to know. Cass rolled her eyes. The VW whipped away, leaving them standing under a telephone pole. They both started talking at once, having the argument aloud that they'd silently had in the car. I won't try to untangle the entire conversation, but it boiled down to this. Cass didn't trust Owen. The sound prism is all we have, she said. We already gave ourselves up to Dr. L, thinking that he was Pietro, and then Owen left us. Let us fall into that trap. I still think that we should have showed him the prism. He did save our lives, Max Ernest pointed out. Cass hesitated, then relented. Okay, fine, we'll give it to them, but only if I give it right to Pietro. Max Ernest, who was very hungry and very tired and very much missing both of his beds, figured that he, that she meant some time in the sort of distant future. But Cass had another idea. They should go find Pietro now while they still could. We're in trouble no matter what. What's the difference between missing a few hours longer? But our parents probably think we're dead. Cass nodded. That's why we should go now. Dead people have way more freedom. Max Ernest shook his head. Just when you thought you'd won an argument. Good, said Cass. Now we all, all we have to do is figure out where the magic museum is. Oh, that's easy, Max Ernest reached into his pocket. We found it on the floor of Owen's car. And, well, the word had the word magic on it. So, anyways, he stammered, embarrassed. He held out a book of matches. Here's the addresses on the back. How about that? Cass looked stern. Max Ernest, that's stealing. He paled. Joking. He laughed, sort of. Oh, that's and cute. that is the end of this chapter. That is the end of chapter 28.